Hallelujah. We are glad that you are here at Dorisville Baptist Church on a very different Sunday. And we're grateful to have our Facebook Live crowd probably a little bit bigger today than normal. And also, we're glad to welcome the radio feed, the guys listening on FM 102.3. Thank you so much for that. And like I said, that's kind of what we're doing today and we'll be doing the next couple of weeks is Facebook Live uh, recorded so you can watch it on YouTube later on this afternoon, of course, the radio feed. Uh, those are three things that we'll be doing to help folks get into a church environment online with Dorisville Baptist Church. And like I say, I want you to know the deacons will be meeting after church today. And we're going to be talking about what the next two weeks look like particularly for our ministry, and we'll be doing a call-out, have on Facebook Live as we determine that. These are uncharted waters. I mean, these are days that we've not gone through before. And so thank you so much for coming in person, but thank you all so much for viewing on live. Now, speaking of viewing on live, Judy just showed me something that is so incredible, all right? So guess who's watching from Spain? The Keatings are. Come welcome. Yeah, yeah, I know from Kansas says, we're watching from Spain. So good to worship with Dorsville Baptist today. So isn't that just incredible, the wonderful technology? It sure enables us to get um, the word out. So obviously, we were going to start a series today entitled Taking Care of Business. And his biz was our biz. And uh, when all this started coming down, really this week, I mean like Thursday, um, God made it very clear that I needed, as the pastor and the speaker, to go ahead and change the whole thing up. And we are starting a new series that, that really is not even made yet. Uh, this message is, but in, entitled Facing Down Fear. And you're going to see week to week, it's going to be something I hope that God will give me to bring to you um, as this thing plays out um, in our lives. So the next three or four weeks, we'll be talking about facing down fear. Because fear is a big deal. Um, probably the biggest thing right now in America is the fear of this thing called the corona. Uh, virus. So, so today's sermon title seems out of place until, let me develop it just a moment, you know, what's in your wallet? Now, a major credit card company in America has made a big deal of this. It's been their slogan, their advertising slogan for a long time, what's in your wallet, okay? Well, you know, they apparently believe that whatever's in your wallet can really change your life. It can make your life better, you'll be happier, you get a better interest rate, you can go places you couldn't go, all kind of things. If you've got their credit card in your wallet, life is just better. Okay, well, I debate that, but that's beside the point. But my question today is not what's in your wallet, but who's in your boat? Who's in your boat? See, we're all in this boat together. Um, I, boy, Ryan, did you hit a home run. Amen, Ryan Hunt, when he was talking about at the front of the missions, that was so awesome. A pandemic of the gospel, of the gospel. And, and just like the, the virus is not a respect of persons, so neither is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am so glad um, for that. So the bottom line is whether we're Catholic, Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever, churches across the nation are making changes today because, well, it's just going to be a different couple of two or three weeks. There's no doubt um, about that. So with that thought in mind, then, you know, we're talking about, you know, we're all in this boat together. I mean, regardless, in fact, you know, whether you go to church or not go to church, we're all in this boat together. But here's the big question is that the un unseen guest in our boat is Jesus Christ. We may be in the same boat, but I'm glad to report to you today that Jesus is in the boat with us. Amen? So, so today we're going to look at a great story. You probably know it's one of my favorites. Although I, I checked my preaching records, and I don't think I've preached this story from the Gospel of Luke in a long, long time. But we're going to be in Luke chapter 8 today, and we're going to uh, cover that great story in the Bible 
where Jesus is asleep in the boat. Okay, and we're going to look at this, and it's just, I mean, it's just full of opportunities to talk about faith overcoming fear. And that's the key right there. Faith in our God overcoming our fear. So if you get your Bibles, get your device out, by the way, whether you're listening on the radio or on Facebook Live, or you listen this afternoon, um, or go to the website later on, that worship app will be up um, for all week, and it will tell you everything that's happened in the sermon today. So again, get your device out, open that sucker up, go to more, go to events, you'll find Yorksville Baptist Church, and you'll find everything you need there as far as sermon notes go. All right? So so it simply starts out in Roman, uh, Romans, in Luke chapter 8, verse 22, the very first part with two words. One day. One day. So, so the story happens, and it was just like an ordinary day. It was like any day. I, I, I looked up on November the 8th, 1965. Does anybody know what happened on November the 8th, 1965? Uh, yeah. Days of our lives. Broadcast for the first time. For 55 years, they've been telling that soap opera on TV. The days of our lives. Well, you know, really, you know, on this particular day in the story of Jesus, it was just another day. It was just another day. And you know what? What's crazy was is that like two or three weeks ago, you know, it was just ordinary days. We, we heard about a virus um, that was happening over in China, but it did not impact us. It was passing, impacting other parts of the country, or excuse me, other parts of the world, but it wasn't impacting us. And then it impacted a few places in the United States, but it still really wasn't impacting us. How things can change. You might say, well, where did this thing come from anyway? Well, I, I looked it up. I Googled it, okay? So in the Hubei Providence, Hubei Providence of China, all right, um, November 2019, a 55-year-old individual got sick. And that's when they discovered a new kind of virus. Then just a little bit later, in December of 2019, and the town of Wuhan, I guess these Chinese people like Wu, okay? In Wuhan, dozens of people got sick, and the common denominator there was, was that they worked at a fish market and a meat market together. However, it appears it all started with a bat. Go figure, huh? With a bat, and this guy, that was a 55-year-old individual, got this virus from a bat, and then it started trans, uh, transmitting human to human, and well, the rest is history. But I want you to know, just a few weeks ago, this wasn't even on our radar, okay? And so that's how life is. Um, by the way, you're going to see three things today. You're going to see a lot from the Word of God. You're going to hear several quotes from some pretty smart people. And then I get to be the spokesperson. I get to be the messenger, and that's all I am today is the messenger. Um, but, you know, you need to understand about days, okay? Now, i got four things on the, on the, in, the, in the worship app if you want to go there. there. There are four things about days you need to understand. What's this? Days or storms may be unknown to us, but they are never to him. Okay? Days or storms are unknown to us. Okay? You know, Brent, I'm not sure where I've got this in my notes. I can't remember. But do you understand last week? Last week. Not not months ago. Last week in this room were over 300 people. Okay? Over 300 people. We were launching uh, Chris and Kim and Sonny to the mission field. It was a great day. We all gathered back there in the corner and had barbecue together. It was just awesome. Who would have dreamed in one week what would have happened in our world as far as the coronavirus goes? You know, again, did God see that coming? Absolutely did. And did we see it coming? Even last week, I did not. I never dreamed the impact would be this big 
uh, in such a short period of time. You know, in Matthew 24, 38, the scriptures say, For as in those days before the flood. Now, the flood was God's judgment. And by the way, no, no way implying this is a judgment from God. Already read on the internet, somebody said, Is this God's judgment? Give me a break, okay? Give me a break. It could be, but I doubt it very seriously. It's, it's part of our broken world. It's part of our broken world. But in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. They had no idea that the world was fixing to be flooded. They just did life. And guess what we were doing last week? We were just doing life. In fact, just a few weeks ago, we were really just doing life. It was unknown to us, but it was not unknown to God. The second thing about days you need to know, good times or bad, they're all father-filtered. Good times or bad, they are all father-filtered. I found the scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14, an incredible verse. Incredible verse. Here's what it says. Enjoy prosperity while you can. So every really good day, you enjoy it. Hasn't it been kind of a dreary winter? I mean, we've had clouds and clouds and clouds, a little sunshine and clouds. So what we're learning is, when well, the sun chooses to shine, woohoo! let's celebrate. Let's get out and enjoy that day. Well, the, the author of uh, Ecclesiastes, Solomon, says, enjoy prosperity while you can. But when hard times strike, not if hard times strike, when hard times strike, realize this. Are you ready? This is so good. Realize that both come from God. He is sovereign over it all. Whether it's good days and days of prosperity or hard times and they come, they both come from God. And remember this, that nothing is certain in this life. The only thing you can stand on and be rock solid on is God Almighty. I'm telling you, if you're leaning on anything else today, you are in a panic. If you're leaning on any other thing besides God today, you are in a panic. But there's one certain thing, and that certain thing is God Almighty. Then remember this, the third thing about days, every day, even the difficult days, are a gift from God. Every day, even those difficult days, are a gift from God. Over in Psalm 118.24, he says, This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So every day, whether we feel good or feel bad, whether we're frightened or not, every day is a gift from the Lord. Honor that and remember that. The last thing is this. You know, God is orchestrating our lives, and he's writing a grand symphony. Symphony. God is orchestrating our life, and he is, it's going to be a grand symphony when it's all done. You know, I really, have you ever heard somebody say, when their loved one is very sick and about to die, and they seem to linger, and they'll say something like this, Pastor, what is God waiting on? Why doesn't God take him or her? Well, I think what Psalm 139, 16 gives us that answer. Here's what it says. You saw me when I was formless in all my days. Somebody say all my days. Yeah. All my days were written in your book and planned. They were written and planned before a single one of them began. So that means, that means, you know, maybe the reason your loved one hasn't passed yet is that God's day has not arrived yet. His schedule is perfect. His timing is perfect. But it also means this. Now look at me. In your world, where you are right now, that be, while you were still formless, before you were even a gleam in your daddy's eye, God planned these days for you. The fact that you are here 
right now in the midst of this coronavirus outbreak was planned and ordained for this time for us right now. Dwayne, what's the purpose? I don't know. I don't know, but, but don't want to say too much about Romans 8, 28 because it's my Easter message. Um, but all things work together for good to those who love God or to call according to his purpose. Not all things are good, but God brings good out. And there are things God's going to teach you that you could not teach in a non-pandemic world. You are learning things about trusting, about faith, about leaning on God that you could not, let, not discover any other way. So God has, pl- listen, listen, listen. God has planned these days for us. It's not an accident. God wasn't at Disney World on vacation and oops, it snuck up on me. Uh, He didn't say, I never saw that one coming. He knew it. So trust that. Trust that. God is sovereign. God's in control. And there are things that we're going to learn that we can learn no other way. I promise you our church is going to learn. Um, There's opportunities. These are days of opportunities. These are times when we can minister and serve others better than we could any other way. So I'm telling you, these are days that we need to say, God, I don't understand what you're doing, but boy, do I trust you. Boy, do I trust you. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. You know, Cory Ten Boom. Now, Cory Ten Boom was a, a victim of the Holocaust. Although she was not Jewish, she was Dutch, but she helped the Jews. So she ended up spending, her and her family spent 10 months in German concentration camps. Almost immediately, her sister died. By the end of the war, her virtual whole family has been wiped out. They're gone. Okay? She spent 10 months, did survive. And so here's a perspective that she brings from that experience. Here's what she said. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid. I mean, if anyone knew about an unknown future, it was Corey Tim Boone. You did not know if you'd be alive tomorrow. You didn't know if you'd be shot, stabbed, raped, or starved to death or get sick. People died. You're talking about a mortality rate. The mortality rate was huge in the concentration camps. If anyone knew about an uncertain future, it was Corey Tim Boone. Yet she said, do not be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. So one day, one day, an ordinary day, Jesus says to the boys, in verse 22, continuing there, he and his disciples got into a boat. And then he told them, let's cross over to the other side. Let's cross over to the side. Now, this, on face value, that's a statement. I mean, it would be like me and Judy, and I would go into the, her office, and I'd say, hey, Judy, I'm going to Walmart. Okay? It's a statement. But this is so much different because it's coming from Jesus, the Son of God. And he is saying, he said, now listen, we're going to get into a boat, and the Son of God is saying, we're going to go to the other side. It was more than a statement. It was a promise. It was a, more than a statement. It was a promise. Get into the boat. We are going to the other side. Now, we've got to get this right, though, because unfortunately, in American gospel, we get it really twisted up. Okay, because again, we've been kind of taught that when we trust Jesus as Savior, it's kind of a written guarantee that we have a better life. Okay, life is good when you trust Jesus. Um, no, you know, fewer sicknesses, fewer, fewer job losses, fewer things like pandemics. You know, life is just better with Jesus. Well, life is better with Jesus, but it has nothing to do with circumstances. Okay, nothing to do with circumstances. So, Jesus, the promise, Jesus did not promise them smooth sailing. He promised them a safe arrival. Now, you got to get this. 
If you're sitting here today, whether you listen on Facebook or on the radio, whichever one it is, you've got to hear that. God did not promise us that we would get saved and have a smooth sailing life. Rather, he promised us a safe arrival in a place called heaven. It was true for them, and it is true for us. Now, Jesus said in John 16, he said, I have told you these things. Now, hold on. Just get ready, okay? He's got something big. I have told you these things that in me. Somebody say, in me. Mm-hmm. See, because what he's about to say rests on the fact that we're in him. Okay? That in me you may have peace. Now, not because your circumstances are good, not because there's no pandemic, not because coal minings aren't closing, not because, not because, not because, not because circumstances are good, but because he's good. And in him, we can have peace. He didn't promise us a perfect life. He didn't promise a storm-free life. But he did promise a peace-filled life. Notice I didn't say peaceful. I said a peace-filled life. So he says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Now watch. In the world you will have tribulation. Why are we surprised? Why do we still do life and we're so surprised that we have tribulations? Okay? He, He told us up front. He saw this coming. He saw cancer coming. He saw job loss coming. He saw a bad marriage coming. He saw parents and children fussing and engaging in the wrong way coming. He saw it. You know, I've I've said this. (laughs) In fact, I'm still saying it, to be honest with you. I mean, one of my favorite sayings that I came up with in this little deal is this. I said, you know, something's got to be going on. Because we have sacrificed the sports god on the altar. When they start canceling the Masters and the NBA season and the NCAA and hockey and delaying Major League Baseball, all the sports gods have been laid on the altar and say, you're sacrificed. So I don't know what's going on, but something's going on. I mean, whoever dreamed that Disney World would close today? Whoever dreamed that SeaWorld would close, that Disneyland would close? Who, who saw this coming? Who could have dreamed? Jesus did. Jesus knew all about it. I mean, I, I was watching TV yesterday afternoon, and there were no sports on. They were playing two- and three-year-old basketball tournaments. There were no sports. There was paid programming on. You know why? Because the sports god had been laid on the altar. And again, I can't explain it. I don't understand it. All I know is it's true. So so he says, in the world you're going to have tribulation. But take heart, he says, I have overcome the world. So if you're here today and you're fearful, you're listening on uh, Facebook Live, on the radio, you're going, oh my gosh, okay. He says, listen, take heart. I have overcome the world. You said it already, dude. He's bigger than, than any pandemic. He's bigger than the coronavirus. Now, I'm not making light of this. I am not. We need to be wise. We make wise decisions. I'm just telling you that if you're, if you're thinking, oh, no, you know, this is bigger than God, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. It's not even, it's not even the same ballpark as being bigger than God. Okay? There's just no way that is possible. Now, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, because um, you might be saying, you might be saying, well, I don't, you know, I would like to skip this one. I, I, I believe you, Dwayne. We're going to learn all kinds of things from this, you know, and it's opportunity. I get all that, but let's skip this one. 
okay? Well, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, now he's another victim of the Nazi regime. He was a pastor in, in Germany and ultimately was executed uh, by the Gestapo uh, for his views of Hitler and also for his stand in the gospel. Here's what he said. God does not give us everything we want. Say amen. You've got to get that in your mind. Because some of y'all are all disappointed in God. Because God didn't do. Okay? God doesn't give us everything we want. But he does fulfill his promises. Leading us along the best and straight paths to him. To him. So what's God doing? You know, he's he's not in the business of giving us everything we want. God's not in the business of happiness as much as in the business of holiness. Okay? So, so his plan is the straightest and best path that leads directly to him. Would I, you, how many of y'all would agree, and don't raise your hand, but how many of y'all would agree that, you know what, I, think, I bet people are closer to God when this is all done. I bet people are listening today who've never listened before. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. So one of the things that's going to happen is that people are going to be closer and pulled to God. And that's why we've got to be ready to share the gospel when that opportunity comes. Now, Going on, moving down. He says in Luke, now we're back in Luke 8.22. So, so they got into the boat. Let's cross over to the other side, okay? And then it says, so they set out. So they got in the boat and they launched. And check this out. Verse 23. And as they were sailing, he fell asleep. He got, he got into the boat. And you know what he did? He went to sleep. I, you know what I love about that? It shows the human side of Jesus. He was exhausted. He was tired. And he went to sleep. You know, Hebrews 4.15 says, you know, we have this priest, we have this high priest that's like we are, you know, tempted in every way we were, yet without sin. Yet without sin. So I love this, that Jesus gets in the boat and takes a rest. Because there's a couple of things we can learn. Number one is this. You know, Jesus at rest is not a concern or a lack of his concern. You know, when Jesus laid down, he wasn't saying, I'm not concerned. Good luck, boys. Hope you make it to the other side. It's his sovereignty. He knew his father was in control. He could sleep with an approaching storm because God was in control. He knew it and he understood it. So, so when we see him at rest, okay, then it should give us some sort of, some kind of peace. In fact, I wrote, if Jesus is at rest in the storm, so should we be. So would she. You know, we should take every precaution necessary, but we should be able to rest just like our Savior rests, because our Savior based his peace on the sovereignty of God. And guess what we should base our lives on? The sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. That is faith overcoming fear. Faith overcoming fear. You know, Jesus said in John 14, 27, he said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. So, so you know, have, have you ever ordered dessert in a restaurant? Yeah, I, I don't eat much dessert anymore because of this diabetes thing, which, by the way, has been really good. But anyway, it means, like, I had to put my dessert on the altar of sacrifice. But, like, you know, like, well, just the other night, just Saturday, Friday or Saturday night, you know, we were out, and it's kind of funny. Here's kind of a humorous thing. You know, they're really cautioning senior adults about this coronavirus thing. And so I said, gee, I said, well, let's go eat it at um, Cracker Barrel, you know. Shoot, I get in there, and every old person in Marion's in there. <laughs> I said, I said, well, they're not worried about it. And then we got to Sam's, and I found out not only were all the old people out, all the young people were. They were buying everything. I mean, you, they, they were hauling out 
toilet paper like crazy. I wanted to put on the church sign, come to church, we've got toilet paper. But I didn't know if it would be appropriate or not. I didn't know if it would be appropriate. So, so, so I didn't do it. All right? So, so anyway, so, so here, we have, here we have, you know, Jesus resting, and he says, peace I leave with you. Not like the world. Not like the world. Because, see, the world's peace depends on circumstance. I, you know, I, want, I want the kind of peace Jesus has got. It's like that dessert I was going to talk about. See? I look at, you know, Judy had ice cream the other night. It had it's vanilla ice cream with hot fudge on it. And, and peace. She said, I probably ought not do this in front of you. And then proceeded to eat it. You know, you know, yeah, you know. So anyway, so, anyway, so, so I, I bring, give, give me some of that. You know, there, there are times when y'all, you know, dessert. Man, what is that? I want some of that. Well, here's what I find myself doing. Hey, Jesus, I want that kind of peace. How many of y'all want that kind of peace in your life? How many of y'all want the kind of peace that you can sleep in the midst of a storm? That sounds good to me. Well, he says, peace, amen, amen. Peace I give to you, I do not give you as the world gives. Because the world gives a peace that depends on circumstances. My peace I give. Now listen, listen, listen. Jesus talking. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. Because we can have the peace of God. So how's your heart today? How's your heart? Be Be cautious. Be sensitive, be wise, but how's your heart? How's your heart? Now is not a time for the people of God to be fearful. It's a time for them to be bold. It's time for them to be bold. Well, finally in Luke 28, 23, we get to the storm, okay? Then, okay, they're in the boat, Jesus is asleep. Then, in the second part of verse 23, then a fierce windstorm, a violent windstorm, now, the Matthew story of this, the Matthew story of this, 824, says it suddenly came. It suddenly came. So all of a sudden, bam, they're in the midst of a storm. Kind of like I said at the beginning. You know, just three months ago, this was nothing. And now, bam, it's a pandemic. Okay? So, so, so we had this. So suddenly, quickly, there was a fierce, a violent windstorm down on the lake. That's how it happens. So, have you all read about the... 1918 flu outbreak. I, I, I watched a special on this months ago. And um, I thought this morning, actually, I said, you know, a fierce storm. You know, 1918, there was a, an outbreak of a particular strand of the flu. And, of course, they didn't have all the antibiotics and stuff they've got now um, back then. But that doesn't change the story. Um, it was worldwide, like this, like this coronavirus. Um, 500 million people became infected. Let me put that in perspective for you. One third of the world's population was infected. One third of the world. Yeah, it is a wow. It is a wow. 50 million people died. 50 million people died. In America alone, 675,000 people died. You're talking about a pandemic. That's a monster. This one seems monstrous, but I'm telling you the world has gone through things like this before. Who knows? Who can tell the story of the Black Plague back, back in the Dark Ages? Who, who can tell that story? Who can tell that story? So, so here comes this violent storm. Now, now, what about storms? Well, in this particular one, and I don't want to draw conclusions from the Word of God that's not fair. 
okay? That's not, not substantial. Um, but it's interesting. I think it's interesting that it says, then a fierce windstorm. So this wasn't like a tornado. It wasn't like a severe thunderstorm. It was a windstorm. So severe wind came down off the mountains, apparently, suddenly, and caused a choppiness of, of huge proportions in the water. It was a windstorm. Now, what's interesting about that, okay, just interesting, is Ephesians chapter 2. And I've taught you this before. Let me go and read the scripture. I'll read it again in just a moment. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, Paul says. Uh, that has nothing to do with wind. In which you once walked, according to the course of the world. Well, that has nothing to do with wind. Okay. Following the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air. So, I'm going to show you just a moment. But, so, Satan has his power, and part of that power involved is the atmosphere. The air. The area above the earth. So maybe it's no accident. You know, how many of y'all think the Satan hated, hated death, uh, Jesus? Uh, Satan hated death and Jesus. How many of y'all think that? Satan hated Jesus. Sure, yeah, that's true. And how many of y'all think Satan hated disciples? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so it's probably not a big stretch to say this was no accidental windstorm. Okay? And by the way, uh, I'll probably get an email on this one. You know, if you ever want to know why the world's so messed up, it's sin. It's sin. And Satan's stirring the pot. He's stirring the pot. Okay? It's just, we live in a broken world, and it's broken because of sin. And that's just it. So, so the Prince of Power. So here are three things you need to know about Satan. Three things you need to know about the devil. Uh, number one is this. Okay? He is a prince and not a king. He is a prince and not a king. Let me read that scripture to you again. Ephesians 2.2. 2. In which you once walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Okay, so you got to understand something. King Jesus is bigger than Prince Satan. King Jesus is greater than Prince Satan. So he's a prince and not a king. Don't give him more authority than he has. And speaking of authority, his power is authentic but limited. His power is authentic but limited. In John, 1 John 5, 19, we know that we are of God. By the way, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Uh, that's a good place for an amen. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. But he goes on and says this. And the whole world, someone said the whole world. Yeah, the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. So Satan is having his influence. So he has authentic power, okay, but it is limited. And lastly, he is under the sovereign rule of God. He falls under the sovereign rule of God. You remember the story of Job? By the way, do you know why we still know the story of Job? Because of what he went through. If Job would have died, died an easy life and died a rich man, we would never know the story of Job. We know the story of Job because of what he went through. Who, 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 who knows that generation will look back on this time and say the church came through. They will know the story of the church because of the way the church came through. Well, in Job 1.12, it says, And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he is, has is in your hands. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So God set limitations that Satan had to obey. So Satan falls under the rule and authority of God. Now, <laughs> I had to rewrite this about three times. But here, here's what I came up with finally. Regardless of the gale force of the satanic wolf in your pig store. 
regardless of the gale force of the satanic wolf in your picture. In other words, the three pigs. You know, Satan huffed and he puffed. Okay? Regardless of the satanic gale force of your satanic wolf, he pales against the brick wall of Jesus. He, he, can, he can blow down religion. He can bl blow down positive thinking. He can blow down all the resources we can put in our banks and all the toilet paper we can store in our, our areas and all the hand sanitizer we got. He can knock that down, but he can't knock Jesus down. He can't knock Jesus down. So you got to understand that in the Pandora course we have going on today, God is bigger and so is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, the story continues. Verse 23, the third part. Then they were being swamped and were in danger. They were being swamped by the water and they were in danger. But here's the deal. Not really. Not really. Well, why do you say that, Dwayne? Well, it's because of this. The sense of danger, the sense of danger was real, but the danger was not. Now, how can I say that? Because of the promise. The promise. What was the promise? You're going to the other side. And what that means is, Satan, now listen to me, Satan can huff and puff all he wants to. Okay? But if the promise of God says no, the answer is no. And if the promise of God says yes, the answer is yes. Satan has no power against the promises of God. Let me say this clearly. Don't you go dragging some promise to Abraham up and saying, Well, God said that promise was for Abraham, not you. But when God makes a promise in his word that speaks to the children of God, particularly the age of grace that we are in, claim that promise, stand on that promise, believe that promise. It will take away your fears. It will take away your fears. Oswald Chambers says this, a great theologian died young. The remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. The remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas, if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. So true. So true. Fear God, you fear nothing. Because you know you're God's greater. Don't fear God. Don't respect God. And you've got to fear anything else. It's just nature. Well... Verse 24, first part. So, they came and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we are going to die. Master, Master, we are going to die. Now, let me say this. Because they didn't get the promise, then this was the result. We're going to die. If we allow our fears to overcome our faith, that's the result. We are going to die. You know, the threat was reasonable because it was the waves, but their fear was not. They honestly believed they were going to die because they didn't think Jesus was strong enough to be. So if we're here today in this coronavirus you know, pandemic, okay, and we don't understand faith in God and practice faith in God, then of course we're going to be afraid, okay, because the threat is bigger than our God. And when the threat's bigger than your God, you're going to live in fear. You're going to live in fear. It's going to happen. You know, storms have a way of revealing how little we know about God in ourselves. Can I ask you a question? Have you learned anything about God in this? 
Have you? I bet you have. I bet you have. Um, have you learned anything about yourself in this? Some of you have learned your faith is not as strong as you thought it was. Because you're scared to death. You're, you're scared to death. And you realize, you know, I talk about faith. I read my Bible. I'm one of those theological people. I love the theology of God. But I find out I'm afraid. And what you learned is your faith may not be as strong as you thought it was. However, guess what? It's a great opportunity to grow faith. You know, you know I, I have exercise clothes, but here's the deal. If they stay in that little box in my closet, they don't do me a bit of good. i got to put them on and go exercise, okay? And pandemics are a great opportunity to trust God. They're a great opportunity. Disasters, crises are a great opportunity to trust God. Well, Billy Graham said, when we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. Isn't that great? Let me read it again. I know you can read it too. When we come to the end of ourselves, great place to be. We come to the beginning of God. You know, I'm at my wit's end, Dwayne. I'm at the end of my rope. You ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till you're home two weeks with your kids. You're really going to be at the end of your rope. Okay? You're going to be at the end of your rope. All right? But when we get to the end of our rope or wit's end, it's really then that we come to the beginning of God. So one thing that's good is that in a pandemic, when a crisis mode, it forces us to realize we're limited and he is not. And he is not. Old gospel song. I think, I looked at the guy's haircut and he had a mullet. So wasn't that the 80s? Was that the 80s? You had a mullet, didn't you, one time when you had hair? Oh, man, that just fell out of my mouth. I can't believe I said that. Old gospel song. My boat of life sails on a troubled sea. Ever there's a wind in my sail. But I have a friend who watches over me when the breeze turns into a gale. I know the master of the wind. I know the maker of the rain. He can stop, calm the storm and make the sun shine again. I know the master of the wind. And if you know Jesus, you do too. You do too. Well, almost done. 25, you know, Jesus gets up, okay, and, and I'm sorry, verse 24, you know, he got up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, so they ceased, and there was a calm. Wow. Wow. They get him up, okay? And I, watch this, watch this, watch this. He got up and rebuked the wind. Guess what the wind was? It was the source. The wind stirred the waves. So he rebukes the source of the storm. I don't want to stretch it too far, but he rebuked the devil. Because, again, if we believe the prince of the power theory, then that binds up. But he also, watch this, all this. He said, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, the effect of the storm. He rebuked it. And here's really cool. It's a command with a threat. Now, in the Greek, it translates a command with a threat. In other words, stop it or else. Now, that's the authority of Jesus. I want you to understand that. That's the authority of Jesus. Jesus can look. Now listen, don't you try this with the devil. Okay? But Jesus can look Satan in the eye and go, stop it or else. I've already got your number. 
One day I'm going to cast you into a lake of fire that burns forever and ever. Stop it or else. That's the authority of Christ. That's the authority of your Savior. That's the authority of the one who saved you, who loves you, and who died for you. Who's on your side? Pandemic or not. He's on your side. Stop it. We know the master of the wind. And then he said to the guys, he said, so, where's your faith? Now, in Matthew 8, remember the other story I told you, the Matthew account of this? He says, oh, you have little faith. Put those two together. So he's saying to the guys there in that boat, he's going, so where's your little faith? I mean, I know you haven't got a much, but where is it? And I tried to decide how to answer that. You know where it was? It was in the shadow of their fear. First I put it, it was under a rock. And that just didn't, that didn't ring well with my spirit. But it was in the shadow of their fear. Their faith, faith was up here and was casting this huge shadow on their faith. Okay? Now, you know what I love? Psalm 23, 4. The psalmist writes and says, David writes and says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You're rotting your staff. They comfort me. You probably need to write that on your hand during this time. So this is all in the rear view. And it will be in the rearview mirror. Okay? It'll, 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 it'll pass. You know, your favorite book, verse in the Bible ought to be, and it came to pass. So it's just going to pass. Okay? But, but until it passes, yea, though I walk through, divide the shadow of death. Shadows cannot hurt. And why do we not fear? Because he is with us. His rod and staff, they comfort us. So he asked the guys, not trying to hurt their feelings, just saying, where's your faith? And let that challenge us today. Where is our faith? Be wise. Take good precautions. Wash your hands. Don't shake hands. Don't hug people. Do all the practical, everything that you hear, most everything you hear is so good practical advice. Do that. We're going to try to take, we've taken practical steps today, okay? And we're going to take some more practical steps, probably in the deacon's meeting. We're going to try to do the right thing. That's good, okay? But don't let faith chase your fear. Rather, let your don't let fear faith chase your faith. Let your faith chase fear. Amen. Well, Elizabeth Elliot, and this is all these people I didn't realize it went through terrible storms in their life. I, I quoted Elizabeth Elliot a week or so ago, last week perhaps. Her husband was the one that was martyred on the beach in Ecuador. Jim Elliot, she said this, fear arises when we imagine that everything depends on us. I mean, you're right. You know, if your survival in this pandemic is dependent on you, we're in deep weeds. If our survival depends on the government, we're really in deep weeds. Okay? And that's where fear comes from. We, if, if we don't, who will? Jesus will. Look at me. If you're a child of his, you're in his hands. You've got to believe that. You're in his hands. Rest in that. Rest in that. And finally, Luke 8, 25 at the end. They were fearful. And that's a good fear. This is like reverence fear. Okay? They were fearful and amazed, asking one another, who then is this? Now, you fool, you need to write this one down, too. Who is this? 
He commands even the winds and the waves, and they obey him. Can I read it again? Because it's so good. Who then is this? He commands even the winds and the waves, and they obey him. He's the master of the wind. He's Lord of lords. Colossians said, by him all things consist. Brent, he holds everything together. That's who he is. Now, can I ask you a question? You, and you check, I give you freedom to call me on this. So if the same Jesus who could, who could rebuke the wind and the waves and instantly there was a cease and a calm. If that same Jesus can do that, what can he do in our lives? Can he see us through pandemics? Can he see us through diseases? Can he see us through troubled times? Can he see us through troubled marriages and troubled parenting relationships? Can he see us through unemployment? Anybody else? Anything else? Can he? And the answer is yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Well, yes, he will. Now, oh, oh, does that mean if I don't have a job, he'll give me a job? Did I say that? No, no. I said he'll walk with you. I will never, he said in the book of Hebrews, I will never leave you nor forsake. So, I've got three more things here I'm going to say for the next week because I really need to speak on something else next week. So, we'll save those three things, okay? But I want you to take this home. I really, hear me carefully. Do everything that's wise during these next two or three weeks. However long this takes. We really, this is uncharted waters, okay? So, however long this thing takes to run its course, we'll do everything we can to be wise. But, do not let fear rule your heart you, you are a child of God. You are no longer, nor do you have to be, a slave of fear. If there was ever a time, an opportunity to convey that message to your neighbor, it is now. Let me tell you, I don't know who your neighbor is, but they're scared to death. You don't believe it? Go to Walmart. Go to Sam's. People are scared to death. Again, based on that fear, they sacrifice the sports god. Now, you all know what position sports holds in America. And they shut it down. That's how big the fear is. So now's an opportunity to tell them about the principle. Let's bow our heads and pray. Thank you so much for listening today. Facebook Live, thank you. On the radio, thank you so much for listening today. And I really hope my prayer this morning with the Father was that I could offer authentic hope and encouragement to you today. And I hope what you heard, that's why the word it, the sermon was just saturated with the word. It was saturated with words of wisdom from people we respect. For that reason. Now again, keep in mind, I want you, I don't normally say this, but keep in mind that that worship app is available. And all those scriptures are in that worship app. You don't have to remember them. Just get your iPad or your phone, iPhone or Android.
go to the version, open it up, and there are those scriptures we use today. And they will offer you hope. There are the quotes there, and they will offer you and give you hope in this world. You could even share that with your friends. It could be a gospel witnessing tool. Let me show you on my phone what my pastor shared this past week. So if you're here today, first off, I know we have a small crowd, or maybe you're listening on, on Facebook Live, and you do not know Jesus Christ. You know, this has caused you to think about mortality. This has caused you to think about eternal things. Well, we would love to share, and like I say, if you'll call the church office, 252-1862, um, we'd be glad to chat with you. We would. Come by the office. We'd be glad to chat with you. If you're here in this room today, we would love to chat with you about this. Um, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is worth it all. Is worth it all. And again, as a Christ follower, if that's you today, you know, don't let your heart be fearful. Neither let it be afraid. Don't let your heart be, I, you know, Jesus said that. You know, if you believe in God, believe also in me. You know, let your heart be, heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. So put your fear on the run, being chased by your faith. God, thank you for this privilege of sharing today. Lord, in Jesus' name I pray for the authority of the Word of God to get into our hearts. I pray, Father, that the authority of the Word of God would drive away the fear from our hearts. Father, I do pray, as you say in Psalm 90, that you'll teach us to number our days, that we may have a heart of wisdom. So in the coming days, help us to be wise, to do whatever we need to do to be wise. And there's someone here who needs Christ or on the Facebook Live feed or the radio, I want to pray, Father, right now that they might be saved. Father, someone in this room, that they might be saved. Thank you, God, for being our God. Jesus, thank you for being our Savior and Holy Spirit. Thank you for always being with us and walking with us. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name.